I just... Why? It's such a good movie! I would like nothing more than to think it was such a good movie. It is! No. No. But it isn't, though. That's the thing of it, is that it isn't, though. I'm America. Yeah. That's James. Also, yeah. We are City Wave Cinema, and we watched Sucker Punch today. I saw Sucker Punch for the first time. He did. What did you think about it? I mean... Other than you apparently don't think it's a good movie. It, it, the thing of it is, is it's not... It's not terrible. It's not terrible. The th okay, so it's... We're gonna go over the movie front to back over the course of this episode and the next episode, but here's the thing. Just right out the gate. This is a really decently executed movie. The story of which is just so fucking bad and so boring. It's about finding the power inside yourself. To get lobotomized and be sad? She helps Sweet Pea. Fuck Sweet Pea. Fuck that fucking character. What a shit-tier help protagonist. The whole situation sucked. Sweet is the worst character in the movie. And she's the only one who gets out at the end. What if, what if, spoilers, by the way, what a fucking awful story. Oh, congratulations, you achieved inner peace. Now you're stabbed in the cerebral cortex to swish it around and fuck up your whole brain. She found paradise. And peace. She had a lobotomy. That isn't what paradise and peace is. It's a lobotomy. Spoilers times two. Fucking hell. What? Zack Snyder is a man of many talents. Most this is of original which, concept. Most of which include really cool graphic visualization. There was that. It, the movie gave me Sin City vibes out the ass, but that's Frank Miller, not Zack Snyder. Actually, did Zack Snyder have anything to do with Sin City? I don't know. Because, well, if you watch Sin City, which I have recently, it looks, just the look of it, looks just like fucking, uh, it looks just like this movie. No. This Sin City was Frank Miller, Tarantino, and Robert Rodriguez. Okay. Um, Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch is what we're talking about, yes. Not, not since Sucker Punch is several things. It is a stage play. It is listening to a radio station on shuffle. And it is... Most radio stations are on shuffle. You don't have to listen it, to it. It is... You don't have to listen to it on shuffle. No, it's it's definitely not on shuffle. There's curated playlists. Um, it's, it's, it's just... Boring. I enjoy the movie. There's don't don't get me wrong. And it's, it's going to be a lot of me going back and forth on it. It is such a visually stunning movie. It's so pretty. And the music's great. But when you blow any and all talent you have in the movie on and there's some your really good music talent. and your visuals, 
the end you forget that you also need to do um what's the word writing and well then you know it's it's just not going to be very good you know what i would place this movie in the category of a movie like hardcore henry hardcore henry is a really cool movie to watch there is not a damn thing interesting in terms of the story you know you know how like in the same vein but for me hmm. that's how i feel about mad max uh, yeah, and you wouldn't be wrong. Mad Max's storyline is incredibly linear. It, nothing interesting really happens in it the entire time. And, like, the main storyline takes all that time to complete, and, like, this much happens in that story. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, I, I agree. It appeals more directly to my sense of visualizations, for sure. This appears to my sense of visualizations. Yeah, it, like, it, it's, I'll, I, I cannot stress enough that this is not a terrible movie. I would not ever watch it again, but it is not terrible. However, if you want something to stimulate your mind, don't watch Sucker Punch. Watch another movie. See, I thought it was mentally stimulating because I had to watch it like several times to like really understand it. Then I beg the question, do I not get it? I guess we'll find out after at the end of your notes. Okay. Because we haven't even started that process yet. Okay, let's do that. The movie is a stage play. You start the movie looking at a, a dilapidated stage with a Warner Brothers logo, by the way. Warner Brothers did this. Um, and and they, they, do a, they do this transition like four more times in the movie. Really beat it to death. Uh, where... You do a full circle pan of a subject, like a character or something, and when you go to look at what was behind the character originally, uh, you see something totally different now. So it's it's just a, it's a good transition. It's fine. Um, I think it's a good transition when you're dealing with like multiple realities. Yes, and, and like, this movie establishes very early on that there are four. Four. Yes. What's really happening? What everyone wishes was really happening. Uh, what the people who are mentally destroyed think is happening. And what the mentally destroyed wish was happening. And frankly, all of them are terrible. Um, so we start with fucking Baby Doll. Who does not have a real name. Which... That's so fucking lame. Like, I get that later in the movie, the baby baby doll is like a moniker, and it's it's like a, a stage name, if you will, uh, for the plot later. But to just straight up jump into the storyline, and by the way, we jump in at about a thousand miles an hour. Uh, you jump into plot uh, with music, no dialogue, um... Baby doll is sitting there, and then a doctor comes into her room and shakes his head, and she runs into the other room, and her mother's dead, and her stepfather is over there. It is her stepfather. You could mistake it for uh, her actual father, which makes it much worse, actually, uh, to start the movie believing that it's her actual father. Uh, but no, it is her stepfather uh, who's sitting there looking all smarmy and grinning, which is a fucked up thing to do, first of all. Even if you are a bad guy who plans on, like, stealing your dead spouse's fortune or what have you, like, looking like 
grinning as she's being covered in a sheet is just there's no redemption for you um so baby doll has a baby sister and they, we get we transition to the funeral for the mother and it's all just very sad and dark and sad and there's no words and it's all just sad and dark and sad and there's he, music he also definitely had a hand in her death where is that evidence there's no evidence. It's just heavily implied that he definitely had a hand in her death. How is it heavily implied? Because they, like, he smiles when she gets covered with the sheet. Sure, because he's happy she's dead so he can steal her fortune or whatever. Yeah. And then, like, later on it's implied that uh, if Baby Doll talks to the cops, she'll say something about what happened. We're getting two very different interpretations of what's going on here. Okay. That's kind of okay. the idea of the movie. Maybe you didn't get the whole movie. That's why the stepdad wanted her lobotomized, is so that she couldn't talk to the police. Okay. Because he was going to assault her. He'd been assaulting her for a while. That's not clear. Yes, it is, because she knows what he's coming towards her for. It's clear that it's happened before, because she already recognizes the pattern, and that's why, like, when he starts heading towards her, she runs to her room and, like, tries to close the door. And then that's also why, like, when he, she knows what he's going to do to her sister. And the sister already also knows, because Baby Doll's probably already talked to her about it, because the sister runs away, too. They clearly have a, an established fear of this man. Okay. <laughs> this movie fucking sucks. I. The, it's, <laughs> it's just so... Because they do the whole thing without dialogue to set up everything. The setup for everything is done without words. You get, I think... 15 minutes into the movie before Baby Doll says anything at all. Uh, and then she has approximately 15 lines of dialogue for the rest of the movie, which is crazy. That is a crazy thing. She does a lot of dancing. No, she doesn't. She does a lot of like back and forth movement, and then there's CGI. Um, <laughs> and then there's fight choreography. And then there's a green screen. Sorry, that was uh, loud. I also made a note, like, what door is still locked from the outside? Doors where you like to lock people in them? He probably set up the doors like that, because they have an established history. History. I don't know how I can make it clear for you. Other than having dialogue, which you did mention. So, not having dialogue... I assumed correctly, apparently, that he was going to go do the nasty to his stepchildren. And I, I guess it's an established pattern, but without that ever being stated, because nothing is stated, by the way, uh, it just looks like everyone is reacting to in-the-moment cues, and so I did not assume that this is a prior thing, but more like an implied thing 
So, fuck me, right? I don't know. I guess it's just not, it didn't track for me that way. I could be wrong. That's how it's always read to me, though. Maybe it's open to interpretation. It is art, after all. It's I think not real. A, I think a lot of this movie could be stated as open for interpretation. You know it's not open for interpretation? Hmm. How shitty the rest of it is. Alrighty. That is open for interpretation as well. So, there's lots of... Com- it, it, it's like a comic book movie for a DC comic book because everything sucks the whole time for everyone involved, which means it's got to be DC Comics um, because no one can be happy and that's the rules. You could have told me that this was a DC comic or part of like the DC EU and I would have been like, yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. Like it, I would not have been yeah. shocked when you were like, was there like source material for this? There was not. It was an original concept by Zack Snyder. Um, I mean, that kind of just makes it a DC movie <laughs> anyways, because he dragged his nuts across that universe for the rest of time. But when you asked me, is there source material? I was expecting there to be like a graphic novel or a comic book or something for it. And there's not. Well, it's certainly. Now, when I say it's like a comic book movie, it's because I did just watch Sin City like two weeks ago. And Sin City is a comic book first. And the way, like, the beats and the pacing of this movie just match it really, really well. So you could totally convince me that this was, like, a written comic book at first, and then I would give it a lot more leniency. But no, it was a concept for a movie. So. Uh, Baby Doll gets... sneaks out of her window onto the ground floor... Gets back in the house after she's been locked in her room. Uh, grabs a gun that she knows exists. And goes to hold it to her stepfather so that he won't do terrible things to her sister. And uh, absolutely flubs the shot. Truly whiffs. I mean, closes her eyes when she squeezes the trigger, which is proper amateur technique. Uh, and just... Swing and a miss on that shot, uh, which is uh, rather unfortunate. Uh, and uh, she straight murders her sister on accident. So now she's distraught. She's got her sister's blood on her hands, literally. Haha, <laughs> it's on the nose. Um, and she so she wheels around and she wants to go and shoot her stepfather, which frankly would have been the correct decision yes. in that moment because then you know you don't even have to kill him you just wound that motherfucker you just shoot him in his knee joints he can't run shoot him in the dick that yeah fuck it right then he like, can't assault you anymore. Lo- lots of decisions could have been made that were different than the one that's been made and that's why baby doll is a shitty protagonist uh so i love baby doll she's fucking she has 13 words of dialogue she knows how to speak. Um, Does not shoot her stepfather. The police arrive as she is at the grave of her mother, uh, having thrown the gun on the ground like an idiot. Uh, She is taken to the insane asylum at Mount Lennox, uh, which is, I believe, in New Hampshire. 
Vermont? Something. It's in the north. Um, so they go up there and they're signing her in and all this shit. And for some reason, her stepfather is filling out all of the paperwork about what needs to happen to her, which is not a real thing. I think that's not a thing at all. Uh, even even in this dark, grim, dark world of badness, that's that shouldn't be a thing. Also, when they get there, the the nurse who is in the in the front that is supposed to like receive patients and shit is sitting in front of a typewriter not typing and just staring at it maybe she was gathering her thoughts or maybe this is a terrible movie um i will tell you i stood or i sat in front of a keyboard for long <laughs> periods of friday staring at nothing and typing nothing so but why is it a typewriter even also what year is it in this movie you, you don't know. Sometime when lobotomies were still allowed. The 1930s? Yeah. Before a gun like the gun that was used? Listen. <coughs> this movie has a lot of cool stuff that goes on. It doesn't know when it's happening. It doesn't know time period accuracies at all, which can be forgiven because it's a psychotic dream sequence for most of the time when weapons are involved. But if it's a world where lobotomies are a thing, then it's the 1930s. If it's the 1930s. If it's the 1930s. I mean, the radio looked like it was from the 1930s. Then the 1911 handgun does not quite exist yet. I don't think. Let me check. Let me just check that. I'm fairly certain. But it, the time period accuracy in this movie is just thrown to the wayside for the most part. Are they? I don't think they're allowed anymore. Now I'm looking that up. All right, we've got research happening <laughs> from all areas due to oh, chat. Oh, I apologize. Uh, they also ran through to the 50s. Okay. And in... And we mostly did it here. <laughs> we, we the did. last recorded lobotomy was in 1967. I'm sure you can find back alley lobotomies in uh, just about anywhere in the United States if you really look for it. Audience, the 1911 was invented in 1911. Um, yeah, no, I. So yeah, you can probably find some people that would like do that on the dark web, but, like... He's right. The 1911 was manufactured in 1911. That's why it's called that, James. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm sure you could find some people that were in, like, on the dark web who would definitely do that. I, it reminds me of the doll maker. Um, but... Yeah. Anyways. There's also... 1930s. Whatever. There's fucking mechanical locks in the asylum, and that bothered me because I was like, how how do we exist in a world where we do lobotomies and also have mechanical locks? Alright, well now I'll look up when mechanical locks were invented. Because I just, I just, it all doesn't, it's so jarring to see a technological, and typewriters at the same time. Like, this, it's just a bunch of stuff that shouldn't be in the same time and same place at the same time and same place. Um, we, they go to take her around the asylum and there's a big open, like, 
what do they call it? The theater? They call it the theater. Mm -hmm. And it's this big sort of open space area, a room where people do socializing as the insane asylum patients. And uh, they, excuse me, uh, they also have a stage up there where there's fucking uh, a set dressing that basically looks like the, uh, the, um, God damn it. It looks like the stage from the beginning of the movie, which is also a bedroom, which is also, this movie fucking sucks. Um, then there's this cool shot where the stepfather is talking with an orderly who's been walking her around, uh, played by Oscar Isaac, who is my favorite, by the way. Yes. I have an answer that's not going to make you happy. Like an electronically powered lock? The first digital lock. Um, digital. Yeah, because mechanical's different because you can do, there's mechanical engineering that you can make locks open. like with the, Anyways, the first digital lock mm-hmm. was invented in 1873. And then uh, in 1880, the advanced time delay lock was created. When did we abolish slavery? The mid-1800s? Yeah, I think so. And then we invented digital locks. Maybe it's not the movie that sucks. Maybe it's the country. The country might suck. Was when we abolished slavery. 20 years later, we invented a lock that unlocks via a computer, which we would then not invent for another 50 years. It's not a computer, it's just like by a button. Meh, meh. Which is what they use in Sucker Punch 2, because that guy has to knock on the window for them to press the button. They have windows. Why wouldn't they? I don't What's know the point what of that, that guy? guy's purpose. What is the point of that guy? To give them the lighter. That's really his whole. That one's like one. Of- <sighs> I I wish I hadn't watched this movie. Um, the stepfather's talking to the orderly about doing illegal things and lobotomizing lobotomizing the kid, uh, who still hasn't said any words, um. Traumatized. Leave her alone. She had trauma. Carly Gugino's in the movie. She plays a doctor, kind of. I have um, a confession. Uh huh. I thought that was Tina Fey for like a really long time. You thought Carly Gugino was Tina Fey? Yes. They don't look the same. They don't. They don't look the same at all. Those are two very distinctly different people. I know that now. Did you learn that today? Yes. Oh my god. Did you learn that today when I went? Oh, Carla Gugino's in this movie. Yes. Oh fuck's sakes. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, <laughs> Tina. F- oh no. Tina Fey couldn't hold up a Russian accent that long. She tried. Well, maybe she could. She's talented and funny. Um, I did write, I'm pretty sure we haven't done lobotomies in years. That is correct. So I just, I have no idea when this movie takes place. But the 30s, it's, apparently. It's not like it fucking matters. Um, then we start, we start the layer of trauma that is called dissociation. 
and we just transformed the asylum into a a whorehouse. Kind it's like of. a cabaret. It, but That's worse. What I would say. It's like a cabaret, but worse. And it's like. I just wrote, what the fucking, what is happening? Because it, it's so disorienting and not explained, and I caught on, but it just was like, I, I don't, what? This is also why I thought it was a lot like Sin City, is because Carla Gugino is also in Sin City. <laughs> um, so they get... One of the gals, Rocket, which is not her real name. We don't actually know any of the girls' real names. I fucking hate that. I don't have a good reason to hate that from, like, a, a non-personal point, but that's that makes me dislike the movie more because no one has a real name. It's Rocket, Sweet Pea, Amber, Blondie, and... Amber is the closest thing to a real name anyone has. And I know people who are called Amber. So that is like pretty close. It's a name for some. You know, it's not a name for anyone. Baby doll. Sweet Pea. Sweet Pea is the name of a system of a down song and it's spelled different. You know, when you know what this movie needed, it needed a system of a down song. Um, Every one of those girls is so mean, except Rocket, who is not mean. But Rocket's also dumb. But it's not her fault. Coping mechanisms, survival uh, tactics. So, everyone is just terrible all the time. And, uh, there, there are three full musical numbers before the protagonist says any words in the movie. That is so boring. I, I, like, you feel bad for her, for sure, because you've been told through visual cues that everything is terrible. But she doesn't say anything the whole time, which is also terrible. Because you don't really get a look into her state of mind other than going, oh, yeah, she's just checked out. She is gone from whatever this reality is. <laughs> um, so we, she's in her actual reality. She's heard that the guy who's going to do lobotomy is coming in five days. And then we poof into the... And it's just... It, like it, it gets so blurry because everything is the exact same shade of drab and dreary and shit the whole time that I've kind of lost track of what happens when. Like, it it reminds me of anything having to do with Warhammer 40k. Because everything in that universe is bad. There's nothing good. And it's it's that way on purpose. And this movie also is that way on purpose. Uh, and in my opinion, it's uh, the way to try to get the viewer disoriented. Which it worked. I'm disoriented. James is very disoriented. It, it's so... It, it makes 
the viewer dissociate from what they're watching because it's just bad the whole time. And I, maybe if I was 10 years younger, when I was like fresh out of high school, and the movie was still new, this would be something I would be much more like dazzled by. But I think I've just existed in shit for so long, because the country kind of sucks right now, in case you didn't know, uh, that I just, anytime I'm confronted with something that is just relentlessly bad, I will tune it out. So you As a self-preservation method to it. Yeah, I do exactly what happens in the movie. Do you see the... See what? The parallels and the ideas. Yeah, I track with everything that it's doing. I so dislike it. Because I don't want to see it. It doesn't do... The thing of it is, is it's... It's achieved the goal of being miserable the whole time. It, they did it. Success. Victory Royale. But they did it so good that you don't want to watch it happen. It's just bad in the midst of bad in the midst of bad. And no amount of dazzling CGI fight scenes and Gimpy female outfits can possibly make you go, oh, this is a pleasant viewing experience. It's not a pleasant viewing experience. I guess for me, I get the escapism of somebody else's life is worse than mine. This is a movie. Mm -hmm. this, this, this isn't real. <laughs> I'll fix that. Hang what on. What the shit? <sighs> All right. Dumb. Actually, Our computer is being dumb. Nightbot got angry because someone's... This is a stream, by the way, if you're listening in podcast land. <laughs> um, I can't fix it. I'm trying to find a note that is good. Oh, here we go. So to kick the plot off... Um, to show the message. To kick the plot off, uh, we have to... We have to see... Uh, one of the gals, Rocket, tries to steal a square of baking chocolate, which is on purpose to show you exactly how dire and shitty the situation is, because baking chocolate is not nice to eat. It's not semi-sweet. It's not dark chocolate. It's not a tasty treat. Baking chocolate isn't good until it's cooked and melted and made into something delicious. Very sad. It, she's trying to steal something that isn't even very good. Uh, and she gets caught by the cook uh, who like starts to rough her up a bit, and it's implied that it could go sideways in a way that is very, very unpleasant. Uh, but it doesn't get that far because this is a PG-13 movie. Um, we just have a lot of implied A lot of situations. implications happen, and then nothing ever like comes of it, so because you don't know. Yeah. I think if they gave Zack Snyder the okay to make this an R-rated movie, we might have gotten a little closer to, like, actual implications, but he, we really just dance on the edge. He probably pitched it as R-rated, and they were like, what if you made it PG-13 so we can make more money? 
And yeah, that's how you have things like the Scooby-Doo movies happen. Um, so... What's her fucking name? Baby Doll? Yes, Baby, Baby Doll. Doll. See, this is what happens when you don't give your characters a fucking name. You give them a fucking... Her name is Baby Doll. It's not a name! It's the character's name. The character's name is Baby Doll. That's it. Somewhere deep in the back of my psyche. Because I have a... I, I'm recognizing a history in me of this. I can't stand when a character doesn't have an actual name. Like when the only thing that they have is a nickname. It's like it's not real. That's not real. Like my brain will not allow any association to that character. It, they're not like real. They're like a robot. They're not a whole person. That like it doesn't make any fucking sense. I couldn't tell you why I'm like this, but I'm just like this. And there's other books and shit where characters are introduced and they're meant to be viewed as whole entire characters with plot and arcs and whatever, and they don't have a name, and thus simply dis like they don't exist in my brain for some reason. I can't figure it out. What? Master Chief isn't a name. His name is John. Never mind. But also I was going to say, couldn't you, from just taking this as like a big look at the mental health world, couldn't you say that from a mental health perspective, that's another form of her disassociating is removing herself from her name and then removing the others from the name because the existence they live in those names is so bad that they don't want to be those people. Sure, you could say that, but I think Zack Snyder's not really that kind of a writer. Uh, you can totally say that and draw what you will, and that's the beauty of art, is that you can totally do that, and that can be a valid thing that's real. I don't think that's how it was written, but you absolutely can do that. Um, I have other issues with the casting, but that's later. Uh, she hears the screaming and the kerfuffle going on with Rocket. Uh and does not run. And does not run. She meanders. Like, there's screaming. Jenna Malone is in there performing. She is screaming for help. And you know who's not doing anything fast? Baby doll. Now, I get it. She's been in a stupor for, like, the last X amount of time. Since before the movie started, she was still in a stupor. So, like, Why are okay. you saying it like that? Because that's how I've heard it pronounced out loud. Stupor? I've also heard it like that, but I like stupor. It's all about where you inflect. Um, so, there's like an excuse to not move fast, but like a survival instinct will make you go, I should attend this. Uh, and she doesn't. That's not a good way to be. Um, then, some other stuff happened that I don't remember, and my next note is about how every time the doctor speaks, even in the like outside of the mental institution reality and into the brothel reality, uh, every time Carly Gugino speaks words, they dance right on the edge of just being purely evil. Like, every line is just like, I could be the villain, but you'll never know. That's kind of the idea, because then at the end you find out that she's not. Um, And also, in between... Us getting back to the dance studio. Baby doll saves. Oh yeah, Rocket she does save Rocket by, by grabbing holding, the yeah. knife, holding the knife against his throat. They get out. They go to the dance studio for practice. I think it's kind of yeah. It's 
They gotta go practice their cabaret show. Right. So then, we enter into the next section of movie where things are just befuddling. Um, Carla Gugino says words that are almost evil. And the thing of it, the thing that I, I want to disagree with what you said a second ago, where you're like, they're trying to imply that she's evil. I don't think it's ever implied that she's evil because I don't think she actually pushes past the edge of just saying menacing things. It's me. Into like actual bad guy territory because you very clearly have Oscar Isaac. He's the bad guy. Yeah. Like, and there's no doubt about it. They're not trying to be like, ooh, look over here, not at our evil guy about it. He's just the bad guy. Like they said from the beginning when he took money under the table to get the kid lobotomized, he's the bad guy. And he's going to be the bad guy for the rest of time. But isn't being a bystander just as bad? Are you a bystander if you don't know what's happening? I think she knows some things. She knows that the lobotomies are happening. She just doesn't know that her signature was forged on it. Well, because she won't sign for lobotomies, as she states at the end of the movie. Yeah. So, But she knows these things are going on, and she knows that they're... Does she? Yes. How do you know? Because she had a whole conversation with the doctor about the lobotomies and how she doesn't agree with it, but, like, this is what happens here and, like, blah, blah, blah. And she doesn't recommend them. Yeah. So how would she ever sign for one if she doesn't recommend it? She hasn't. She didn't know that she was, that he was... So how would she know that they're happening if she's the one who runs the place and she's the only one who can sign for the surgery? She doesn't run the place. She does run the place. No, what's-his-bucket runs the place. Oscar Isaac? Yeah, he's... He's an orderly. He's the owner. Okay, here's what's happened in the podcast. I'm in one version of the movie where we're in the mental institution, and she's in the fucking dance hall brothel version of the movie where the doctor does not run the place, and it's Oscar Isaac who runs the place. In the real world of the movie... Carla Gugino's in charge. She's the doctor. She knew that Baby Doll was getting lobotomized. And that was happening. But she said she wouldn't sign off on the procedure. And he's like, like, she was implying that somebody else was. So then then there's another other doctor that you don't see and who can't be real. Because guess who's not a doctor? And you know why I know he's not a doctor? Because she says, she says... To John Hamm, who does the lobotomy at the end of the movie, she says to him, in this week, she lit a room on fire, stabbed an orderly, among other nonsense that she did. And then you know who comes out with a fucking knife wound? It's the fucking orderly! Then why is he doing the intake? Why does he have a private office? Why does he in charge of everything? Because even in the insane asylum, he has that private office as the manager. That's where the map is. That's where, she, like, that's where Baby Doll sees the map is in his private office. But he can't sign for lobotomies because he's not a doctor. I understand that. So how can lobotomies be happening if she's not signing them off? She th- the plot holes are all over the goddamn place. But. She she's not assigning them. She's like she thinks the parents are asking for them, but she still won't recommend it, and it takes the recommendation to get the fucking thing to happen. But then, how does the doctor come if like 
if she's not like the doctor's been coming before. He doesn't work there. He attends when homeboy, the orderly, forges signatures. He says he's done it before. I know. And the doctor knows that this the lobotomies have been happening. All I'm saying is the bad guy is Oscar Isaac. Yes! The doctor is not the bad guy. Yes! What the fuck were we fighting about? Because you don't understand the movie. This is a terrible movie! You don't understand it. It's so bad! It's not even fun to watch! It's so miserable, the fun parts aren't fun! You have 100% missed most of the point of this movie so far. Throw it in the ocean, I don't fucking care! Please continue with your notes. Baby doll has to dance. Baby doll does have to dance. It's and, kind of her thing. And we don't get to see her dance. It's actually one of my least favorite things of this movie is people always talk about, oh my god, baby doll's dancing. Like It's like this big hypnotizing thing where you can't even like know the world around you exists while baby doll is dancing. And you never get to see it. Trauma. So, I do have a question. Okay. That's always bugged me about this movie, just while we're on the subject of Baby Dolls Dancing. Uh-huh. Because Baby Dolls Dancing is happening in the cabaret world, and the fighting is happening in, like, the steampunk world. There's four layers of reality. So what's happening in the institution when Baby Doll is dancing like, what is that action in the institution that allows them to get all the items? Neither. Listen, the plot is so lost in dream worlds that reality is so irrelevant that Sweet Pea making it out at the end is such a fucking awful ending. Because, to be clear, while all the gals are mean to her except Rocket, Sweet Pea is the meanest. Now, Sweet Pea is also Rocket's older sister, and is just fiercely protective for reasons that are explained kind of later. Um, no one has a real backstory, by the way, uh, because we don't have time for that. We only have time for gratuitous ass shots of Jamie Chung. Um, and I'm not one to complain. She's very pretty. But, did we need it? Unclear. I will say what I said when we were watching the movie, James. This movie was not made for women. Or me. And I'm not women. So who the fuck is it for? I'm confused. Like slushy, slushy, ass. Slushy, slushy, ass. That's who it's made for. Well, you could watch Mad Max and it's better. Mm. At least in Mad Max, the explosions are real. Mm. Well, that No, that's just a fact. At least the explosions were real. I don't like Mad Max as much as I like Sucker Punch. That's fine. It's preference. I'm just saying I like it when the effects are real. Um, so, when Baby Doll goes into a dance montage, it's not actually a dance montage. What it is is, 
it's uh, a fight scene. Because we need that in the movie. And I like it. It's fun. It's interesting. However, in this first fight scene, Baby Doll sucks. It's the only fight scene where she's ever, like, just straight up outclassed for the first part of the fight. And that, to me, is kind of funny. Because in your dreams, normally, you kind of are invincible. But in the case of someone who's suffering severe trauma, I can see how that would not be the case. She's got to find out that she's the power. So this is also a scene that I... It's the only scene in the movie that I am familiar with prior to having watched the movie. Because it, as stated many times ago, maybe not on the podcast, but definitely on our stream, um, I was in a directing class in college uh, where I basically became a TA and helped teach the class. And uh, the one of the one of the kids in class wanted to do this scene. Um, and much to your chagrin, uh, probably 80% of the class had not seen Sucker Punch. And so n when we got this script, none of it makes an ounce of goddamn sense. Yeah. I mean, this scene in particular is in the third realm of the movie. And that's just too much for everyone who was involved. So, without having seen the scene, and then only getting to watch it briefly uh, for the class, I had to build that temple out of a television studio from the 90s. And any set pieces I could find in there. And then I had to get the shots for it uh, and help the poor students who had no business being actors uh, <laughs> do some pretty heavy acting. Uh, and it, it went off okay. Went off okay. But it was my first introduction to Sucker Punch. And I, it, the doing that work left a bad taste in my mouth for the movie. So I did, I did for this movie come into it with a negative perception already. Which is not entirely fair. Uh, but it, I did my best to give it a fair shake. Um, so there's an old guy who says cryptic things mm -hmm. the whole time. That's pretty much his whole MO. His, the, Quest he giving and cryptic advice. He The only time he makes sense is when he's explaining to the people in the scene with him what they have to do. So on a meta level, this guy is Baby Doll's conscience. Yes. And he is explaining through layers and layers of trauma that make him look like an old man what she needs to do to survive. Yes. While at the same time, not explaining at all how all the things he's going to have her do will help her survive. So that's how that goes. I mean, he tells her the items she needs. Right. Gives her a list of items, and then is like, guess what? The last one? It's a mystery. You've got to solve it. Figure it out, Velma. Fucks off. What an insane thing to do. That's crazy. Also, that's just like a person's conscience to be like, I remember almost everything we need to know. So that's great. Uh, I also love how he yells at her about wearing her shoes inside the temple, and then she definitely just crumbles that temple to absolute shreds. Oh, she doesn't destroy the temple. 
the other things in her mind that are trying to kill her destroy the temple. They also beat the absolute shit out of her for like four minutes. Um, I, my note for that is like, baby doll sucks in her own mind too. No wonder she didn't kill her stepdad. Like, man, if you can't even win a fight in your mind, how are you going to pull the trigger on that guy? I mean, I could probably win a fight, like, in real life more so than I could in my brain. I'm sorry. I also said, Samurai don't use chain guns. This is ridiculous. <laughs> this Samurai does. <laughs> <laughs> like, everything was so preposterous in the movie. Like, it, it is just such a assault on the visual senses that you just you just it's like the movie wants you to just let go and enjoy the roller coaster but then the roller coaster is just a, it's like a horror movie through the Winnie the Pooh ride at Disneyland where it's really slow and awful and you just sort of go around corners to see new things on this side and then you go around another corner at two miles an hour to see something new on that side but it's all the same dark, rainy, awful, dank bullshit, no matter what way you look. And it's just, that's what the movie is. Is It's it's like riding a nightmare version of the Winnie the Pooh ride at Disneyland. No one goes in there on purpose unless they're bringing a two-year-old. And no one's going to go in there on purpose if it's just a nightmare while you're in there. It's like if Tigger's fucking face fell off when he was in there, and it was this mechanical pop-down with glowing red eyes, and it was just looking at you like, I'm going to eat your insides! It's fucking awful the whole time. You understand what I'm saying to you? And that's where we'll leave episode one. God, Blake's gonna love this. Um, we will be back next time with episode two. I'm like, I have 63 notes and I made it through 19. I also apologize for our sporadicness in uploads. It's as been of the holidays. Late. I'm terrible. Leave me alone. Yeah, mainly holidays. Let's let's go with let's go with that. 